Hello, hello, hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the People Platform. It is Tuesday the 25th of July, although the weather is more like January. It's blooming freezing outside, but stay tuned for a good show. It's Fiona Stevens here. It's this week edition of the People Platform. And I'm Joeless. Can't believe it. I've got no Joe today. So the famous Joe Dodds isn't here. And the infamous Joe Moffat, who was here last week helping me out, isn't here either. So I'm flying solo today. But I do have a fabulous guest in the studio. So you'll get to hear um, him speak in a wee bit. And of course, I've got Paul, but I, I might mute him for the whole show. Actually, I might mute him for the whole show. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not putting your microphone up yet. So I'm just going to talk to myself for a wee while, actually, because I had such a good weekend. And also, I mentioned that uh, Joe, the famous Joe Dodds, did sing at Arundel Cathedral during the week, and she raised. She and all the other choirs raised a lot of money for local hospices, which was good. And she said it was absolutely fantastic singing in such a brilliant sort of place. And I went up to London just for a change. I seem to spend all my life up in London these days. Um, and I went to Kensington Palace with a whole bunch of mad women from the um, from the marsh. And we went to see Princess Diana's uh, Princess Diana's dresses, which were, was very nice. And we had lunch in a pub, which of course Paul knows and has been in loads of times, um, called The Goat in Kensington High Street and we managed to get an impromptu concert from a fabulous little band that were in there. So it was great fun. It was a really good fun. And if you actually follow me on Facebook, um, have a look at it because it's on video. It's on video there. And they are fantastic. So any party planners out there, Amanda Flanders, get um, 
get their details because they are just super duper, really good fun and great musicians and um, a real laugh. And it, it's amazing what you bump into actually because it wasn't until I actually looked at the YouTube that we saw that they were actually they were doing concerts in Rome. They go to um, America and do concerts. Uh, they go all over the place. They've got a video of them skiing down the side of a mountain with all their instruments playing. So it's all a bit, it's all a bit wild and wacky. Anyway, I've prattled enough. Well, to begin with, anyway. So if you want to contact the show, it's just me that's pushing all the buttons today. So be be gentle with me. So don't bombard me with twitters or tweets, whatever it is. Um, you can contact the show on at platform underscore people. <laughs> Joe does that bit normally, you see. I have to. It's back to front. Hello. And oh, he's, the microphone's not on. And the email is hello at thepeopleplatform.co.uk. And uh, the website is www.thepeopleplatform.co.uk. So let's cut to the chase. Today in the studio, I have Neville Gaunt. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Fiona. Very well, thank you. Welcome to the People Platform. Thank you very much indeed. It's good to see you and uh, surprised to see Paul, but there you go. Well, no, he's, he's a permanent fixture in here. He just he can't, can't keep away. <laughs> no, I've still not signed. He's talking, but we're not going to put his mic up yet. We'll, we'll wait and see. So, um, just pinch mine, so don't worry about it. <laughs> So I would be interested, we're going to talk, we're going to cover a lot of ground today, I'm sure. Um, but you're, it would be good if you could start off with a little bit of background about yourself and what you've done. You've already mentioned when we were chatting earlier about your background in the oil industry and what have you. So if you could give us a little pen portrait of you and what you've done to date. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I graduated in 1980 uh, God, from Nottingham that's, University. Uh, we're going right back, aren't we? You want to go back? <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> launch myself into a corporate career um, yep. for the best part of 25 years. Mm. Um, and uh, mostly it was in the oil industry, a lot of international travel. Mm. So met a lot of different people from different parts of the world. Um, became sort of a project type fixer-upper. Yeah. Um, they have this term in the oil industry they call de-bottlenecking. Oh, de-bottlenecking. <laughs> so, which I thought everyone knew of. When, you know, when I came out of the oil industry, I thought everyone knew the term, but it was very so you much... blank a, looks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, more than blank looks, um, <laughs> especially to my old colleagues, but there you go. Um, so I, I sort of, um, I was a Mr. Fix-It, mm. uh, finance background. Um, I've, you know, seen more lounges in airports than yeah. I care to uh, remember, truth be known. Mm -hmm. And someone said to me, um, don't you enjoy the travelling? And I said, well, I actually enjoy when I get there, but I don't really enjoy, enjoy getting there. No, absolutely. And you can forget where you are because you're in like a, a brand of hotel. You could be anywhere, couldn't you? Because you've got the same pictures and yep. the same... Everything. Same pictures, <laughs> same ice sculptures, you know. Um, same little towel things that yes, you put on your bed. Very, <laughs> very similar and all the same shower caps. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't tend to use shower caps very much. <laughs> no, neither do I, but they ended up in the briefcase. Well, yeah, absolutely. You just kind of sweep everything in and you end up with lots of pens and pencils and, and what have you. So you had your, your corporate career. Um, so what do you do now? Well, I run a company uh, called MindFit. Yeah which is, um simple thing is, helping you be the best you can be. Oh, gosh. If only it was that simple, eh? <laughs> Well, it is. It is simple. If you, yeah, everyone, everyone's got their own story of when they really felt successful. Yeah. But they can't repeat it. 
because mm. they actually don't know what they did when they did it. Yeah. And that's the issue. We don't have the, we don't have the muscle memory in the brain mm. to keep repeating it. Mm. You know, otherwise, all these people going on social media courses wouldn't go on 20 social media courses in a year, <laughs> would they? You know, they go on that one and do it. That at me, was No, no, it? no. <laughs> I, no, no. <laughs> I've only been on... One or two, I think. Oh, four, four, maybe five. Yeah, no, no. Actually, it's, it's, it's so much easier to get somebody else just to do it for you. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the other thing, you know. Um, and and the other thing is, you know, things about you know, social media is free. Well, good luck if you believe well, that one. Yeah, you know? quite. Yeah. So it's all those things that you you're debusting myths, mm-hmm. really, and a lot of them are your own myths. So yeah. when you look at yourself in the mirror, who are you really looking at? Interesting, because. Um, without realising that we have a whole bunch of rules and, and stuff that we, we kind of put on ourselves without even realising that, that we've got them. And I suppose it's useful to try and unpick that because a lot of them come from childhood, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and, you know, what we do is all about um, giving you a slightly different experience or tapping into something. Mm. Um, I sort of liken it to going to see a good comedian. There could be a thousand people in the audience and you're all laughing at what you think is the same part but you're all thinking about your own particular experience and it's literally you've got to go through it and and Mm. and that's why that's why you may be more successful certain areas and other people are successful in others and it comes from childhood yeah a lot yeah a lot of it comes from childhood because that's where your 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 stories come from isn't it and that's where everything's kind of created because you think that what you're doing is the norm don't you and everybody else is slightly odd (laughs) and when you're being brought up you can and and you've got all your rules that and that's how it is yeah yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to um, to be a Cub Scout, you know, when mm. I was about five. But I was probably a Cub Scout when I was three, because I would, I would put my brother's jumper on. And yeah. you can imagine, you know, a 12-year-old's <laughs> jumper on a three-year-old. Well, you know, there I am. And it's a bit like watching Droopy, you know. <laughs> I always wanted to be a... So, therefore, I had that dream. I had mm. that ambition. And, mm. you know, when he was with my mum baking cakes to get his um, badge. badge. I was there baking cakes too. Yeah. So we learn by all those experiences. Sure. Now, you, but your company currently is aligned to golf, is it not? Or do, is that the metaphor you use to, to get your, your um, messages it, it, over? Yeah, it's one of the metaphors because yeah. um, even, with, uh, even with a person that's never picked up a golf club in their life, in 20 minutes we can actually prove to them that they could hit a golf ball blindfold. Mm. Hey. So, and this is all about beliefs. Yeah. Um, because beliefs underpin our attitudes, our attitude and actions, our behaviour. And yeah. that's all around our experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so how did we learn to walk? Did we go to university? Did we read a book? <laughs> you know? No, we didn't. We just sort of looked at all these people around here and, and thought, actually, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to give it a go. And I'm just going to keep on doing it until I... And as parents and, or, or, or any adult around or even mm. your, your siblings, they yeah. would say, well, come on, Neville, get off your backside and, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. And they'll yeah. nurture and encourage and, and because they're clapping you, I mean, let's face it, you know, you're 10 months old or thereabouts and someone's clapping you and you think, oh, that looks fun. That's you know? great, Big yeah. smile on your face. Uh-huh. And then you fall over and hit your head. Yeah. Um, but you get up again. Yeah. So this is about that mental ability of saying walking is a really good idea mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. So it's that purpose and that's what a lot of people miss. They haven't got the purpose. Mm. 
that some people's purpose is paying the mortgage. Yep. I've never been excited by paying the mortgage, no. really. Mm. In fact, I pay the mortgage at the very last minute every <laughs> month. You know. So, uh, but, you know, horses for courses. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it does start very, very early, mm. you know, and then we go to school and it's all knocked out of us. Yeah, but we're not talking about education, are we? No, we won't go to <laughs> We're not going to talk about education. No. Ah, yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely it's not. A big part of our, it's a big part of our life, you know. So growing up, we, we meet our first teacher, and we believe that teacher is telling us the truth. Mm. And if we like that teacher, guess what? We'll like the subject that teacher teaches. Do you know that is so true? I find that, I mean, my son's 16 now, and he's just finished his GCSEs, and he's choosing his A-levels. And the the discussions we have about what he's going to do, a lot of it is around who's going to teach that subject in the sixth form for his A-level. Crazy, isn't it? You yeah. know, 16 years old, you're still thinking about, do I like that teacher? Mm. Am I yeah. going to be in, in, engaged? Are, yeah. Is that teacher going to entertain me? Mm. And more so now for this, I hate labels, by the way. Uh, okay, but, but you're going to use them. But I'm going to use them because everyone <laughs> understands them. Hands, yeah. but, 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 you know, millennial and, and you know, generation Zs. Mm. It's all about, um, do I like you? Yeah, absolutely. You are up, Paul. I've put Am you I? up. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I did try for a long, long time. <laughs> That's it. I'll just leave the studio now, okay, guys? I'll see you later. And I, I was just going to comment on, on, on what Neville was saying there because it's so true. And while he was saying it about, you know, uh, studying the teachers that you like, it basically comes down to the adage of business, which is people buy from people. We, we, yeah, we take on things that mm. we like. Uh, and that's why it's so incongruous when we talk about thinking about things that you, you want to do or you love because you just don't know. What actually happens in reality in life is you meet people that inspire you or you like mm. or or you admire and you follow them. Yeah. Um, and it's a known fact that young people learn from their peers, you know, the groups of, of people that they hang out with and mm. they learn. For good or ill. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It doesn't, you know, it's not to say it's the right way of learning or the right thing to learn. But that's how people learn. Now, you need to be very, very careful with what you say to me today because I have just bought tickets for my son to go to the V Festival. So I have a very happy son and I am a very scared mum. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, because he's going with his peer group, isn't he? He's going with his mates. So it's like, yeah. Don't, like, don't, <laughs> don't even worry. I'm not even going to tell you what I saw posted on Facebook yesterday from my youngest son. No, well, no, but he's a bit older, isn't he? He's he a bit is, older. He is, but that is of no use at all. And I'm going to tell you now, just to really oh, no, scare you, it's no, no, celebrating his birthday with a picture of him giving himself a nipple ring with a fish hook. Oh, no. And I went, you idiot. And he went, yeah, I forgot they had barbs on. Oh, oh. He forgot they had barbs on? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is about <laughs> the right mindset, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I thought I'd set that up for you yeah. with a nice little yeah. mind picture. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I'll, I'll yeah. struggle to get that out of my, my Sorry. mind now. Yeah. yeah, let's hope he doesn't come out in a song because we'll, we'll struggle uh, to get well, that yeah, out of I, I know, well. absolutely. So um, how did how did you move from corporate into what you're doing now, the mindset thing? Was it, was it a gradual? Was it a gradual kind of movement in terms of your corporate world was taking you into that sort of area or was there quite a clean break and you had to think, right, what am I going to do now? Or how, d how did you morph? Morph is actually probably, probably a, a good, good word. word. It? it really is a good <laughs> word because it's about, you know, um, the ability to adapt and change mm. and, and literally look at things in perhaps a slightly different way. Um, I th my simple answer to that is I'm not too sure I did. Yeah. Because 
my job, when I had a proper job, yeah. um, I sort of um, expected or knew everyone had to be on the bus. Mm. So that was a given. So if I were to have uh, done a psychometric, and I did many of those, oh, you know, online, all, yeah. they weren't online assessments, <laughs> they are now, but the number of pages I've written, oh God, you know, why am I ticking off here, etc. It would have been Neville is 99% task and 1% people. Yeah. Um, because I was very task-focused, yeah. you know, mm. and to be honest with you, I don't know anyone that isn't. Mm. And if they're not, they don't succeed. So this, uh, this you know, nonsense of uh, um, people don't matter because I've seen your psychometric level and it's 99% task and 1% people, again, it's a nonsense because I just expected everyone to be on the bus. Mm. You know, we had a challenge to do and we had a short time period to do it, limited budget, and by the way, things will change. So did I morph out of it? I suppose... Um, or did the context around you change? The context changed uh, quite radically. Mm. Um, I had a sort of a, a, a career kick in 98. Um, we are going back a bit now. That's nearly 20 years ago. Um, and for, for, I, I lived in the States for, for about four years in the mm. late 80s, early 90s. And we went through a corporate takeover, and I was on the defence team, so yeah. I learned all about, you know, um, the, the corporate side of life and what shareholders want or what they don't want and how to influence people, et cetera, et cetera. And we lost. Mm. And that was devastating. Mm. That really was a, a kick um, between the legs for me because I had a career all planned and, yeah. you know. Well, you do, don't you? Either implicitly yeah. or explicitly. Exactly. It's, it's kind of there. It's all mapped out, isn't it? Yeah. And um, anyway, cut a long story short, I came back to the UK mm. because they didn't want a head office in New York being a British company. Yeah. The fact that they'd taken over a British company and we had a head office in New York oh, is yeah. a, bit of a, a bit of an issue. <laughs> but we won't go there because that's another long story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But, but, I, but I, sort of, um, I sort of got to the point where I was trying to get out for the next 10 years. I was actually trying every year. I was thinking, I'm going to be outspoken because that's what I've been all my life. If you don't like it, you know, tough. We haven't got time to worry about things because time is really money, money in this industry. Yeah. So every year, and we were culling every year, mm. you know. Death they, by a thousand cuts. Death by a thousand cuts. I think they call it um, uh, reorganisation <laughs> or... Uh, Right-sizing. Right, yes. Downsizing. Downsizing <laughs> was the, the, yeah, the flavour of the, the, the month. So business process review. Re yeah, process re-engineering. You know, re yeah. you know, re looking at the business plan and where's it going and we've got the strategy right, yeah. well, et cetera, et cetera. Well, anyway, in 98, <laughs> uh, I had a, quite a personal change yeah. in, in my, my, my life. But also, I was helping the company re-engineer itself and cut long story short, we lost two out of every three people. Yeah. I just expected my contract to be paid. You know, I've been sat on this two-year payout for mm. ages, thinking every year. And then my boss on Christmas Eve, with my three kids in the office, tapped me on the shoulder. He said, don't worry, Neville, your job's safe. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I cried my eyes out, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. I don't want it to because, be safe. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I was looking for a change because I, I just couldn't. It's not that I didn't enjoy my job. I mm. just didn't like corporate life. The yeah. politics yeah. Um, were a big part of, of what mm. we did. And it, and it stopped progress. Yeah. You know, so I suppose the behavioural waste that we talk about today, yeah. that, that term was, was yeah. already there, even just if it wasn't the term. Badged. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I sort of left corporate life, mm. um, semi-retired in a way, yeah. 
and and as soon as you leave corporate life and you become a local yeah. You get volunteer for everything. Yes, so, you do, don't you? Um, the FSB, <laughs> the FSB was one. <laughs> you know, I turned up for an FSB meeting uh, thinking I was joined as a member, and I ended up as secretary of the local branch. So I thought that was oh, here we go. <laughs> Is this the way to go? Yes. And then I was um, volunteered to be chair of the local chamber of commerce. Yeah. Um, volunteered in a nice way. I mean, I didn't say no. Yeah. You know, I was quite happy to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, and then you, you start to get on other committees, and then you become a, a school governor. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, which is a fascinating role. I've got to say, if anyone's mm. listening out there that really Don't wants worry, to get inside, there, you know, <laughs> no, really listening, really listening, get, go and be a school governor. They're crying mm. out for good yes, governors. Yes, they are, absolutely. Go and be a school governor because it's, it's great for you as a person, and mm. you'll, you will grow mm. um, just by seeing, you know, giving your experience and and what you can see that's right mm. uh, and helping schools achieve because mm. it is pretty tough in this in that arena yeah and so having done all those voluntary bits mm-hmm. i then bumped into this guy someone said uh, oh can you do me a favor I've, I've booked i've booked a seat here and i can't go mm. but, but i said i'd go so I could go in my place and i went to see this guy speak mm. um a guy called graham williams and he was uh, a performance specialist at the time. And it's all on the website about his journey. Yeah. Um, but he was next copper. He retired in 92. This was about 2006, seven, I suppose. And um, as he's speaking, I've got light bulbs banging all over my head. Mm. You know? and, and all he proved to me was if, if someone like me can do it, and there's a science behind what I was doing, although I didn't know, mm. then anyone can do it. Mm. So this is about being the best you can be. Can be yeah. And I, at the end of it, I was rushing off because I had to do a voluntary ambulance <laughs> run. <laughs> um, I just thrust the card in. I said, Graham, um, if you're interested in taking this any further, I'd really like to have a discussion. Well, yeah. 24 hours later, we're having breakfast. All right. So, and, and it went from there. The rest, as they say, is history. The rest, as they say, is history. So we worked in the corporate arena uh-huh. for a while, and then the pair of us, um, as you do, uh, end up in a pub in London. It was the two chairmen <laughs> at the time. There's a theme of this show, yeah, and there may be a theme after you. Haven't <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So we ended up with the two chairmen uh, just outside Trafalgar Square. We'd yep. just done a, a, a programme, an internal programme, and we looked at each other. First pint goes down very quick. It does, okay. doesn't it? The old steam comes out of the ears when you've been... Yeah, and the only difference is he drinks, he drinks, you know, Stella Lager and I drink a man's drink. So um, <laughs> it's an... Vodka. Vodka, yeah. <laughs> Rosy wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mead, mead. Anyway... Um, so after the first pint, we looked at each other and he said, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I said, well, no, not normally. Um, and I said, well, actually, I'm getting bored of this. Mm. And he said, yes, am I? Yeah. So that afternoon, after the second pint, yeah. we decided to do something else. Plan. And cool. we, we proved what we did could work anyway. Here we are. We'll hold that thought. We're going to have a little break for a song. Um, and it's so g- Against all odds. Hey, ah. Aha, how's well, that? Well, there you go. There you go. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath, 
Hi and welcome back. So, Neville, where are we up to? We were up to corporate world. You're on your fourteenth pint. You've decided that you're going to um, <laughs> you're going to not uh, not do corporate why, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what then? So, how did you progress from um, the corporate program type stuff to to the whatever it is you're doing now? And and who do you target now? And who do you? Who do, sorry, twenty five. Questions in one. Questions in one. I know. Yeah. Um, you can so tell I used to recruit, didn't you? <laughs> that was so very good. <laughs> who, what, when, where, how? Why? And okay. go on. <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got this. Um, I, I have this sort of inner belief. I, I, I created the inner belief when I first met Graham that this is a science. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I can't explain what the science is, but it's all about you know the psychal psychology of your mind. You know, and mm-hmm. they're trying to prove today they're proving the neuroscience stuff, yeah. you know. But fundamentally they're saying if you do something regularly and you get a result and you practice more and more and you get better at it, well guess what? You'll get a better result. Mm. And and I I don't want to spend too much time on education, but that's the whole purpose of, you know, doing maths and English. You know, it's re- repetition and repetition. Didactic so learning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. And 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 now, of course, with um, you know, with the web capability, we can learn in so many different ways. Mm. You know, we look at a short, you know, snippet. Uh, you know, we just look at a short picture, and it and it says it says a thousand words. Mm. You know, and it and it means all these inspirational sayings and you know little clips on video mm. mean different things to different people, but they're all on a theme. Yeah. So. When I said, okay, if I can do it, um, anyone can do it, you know, because I, I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I was one of four boys. We came from Leeds. Um, Somebody's got to. Someone's got to, you know, <laughs> short arms, long pockets and all that uh, sort of stuff. Yeah, and yes. who ate all the pies? <laughs> like, but um, so I wasn't, uh, there, was no, there was no gift that was given to me. The only gift was my parents said, you're going to be educated, get on with it. Yeah, so. Sure. Um, so we, we, we more or less said, well, we know that it works in the corporate world because mm-hmm. people are really succeeding and we're changing people around. You know, we are fundamentally changing their beliefs and attitudes. So in leadership talk, um, they're not just talking the talk, they're walking the walk. Yeah. And that makes a transformation in an organisation, especially when it's led from the top Absolutely. Because so it, everything then... The words and the music and the behaviour has to all match. Otherwise, the organisation isn't congruent and you don't have that um, supportive... You know, everything doesn't fit together, does it? Yeah. And then people don't believe you. People just don't believe exactly. what you say. Yeah. Because your, your words don't match your actions. And, and the thing is, um, we can see actions far quicker than words. Yeah, of course we can. So, yeah. And then we will form an opinion on it. And you've only got to look at corporate websites and look at what they say on their first page. Our people are our most important asset. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, listen, we listen to our employees. We want them to be innovative. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you ask one of the managers who's fairly senior, innovation? Fast better. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... So the key is there's this and there's other, this, this other thing um, in the industry that you, you, you may have heard of is snake oil, mm. you know. So I've got this fantastic psychometric, which is absolutely going to change the way you do things. Yes. It's a psychometric. It gives you a balance sheet. Yes. Now what? 
And it's really interesting because I remember we did, we did one of these things when I was working in, um, I, it was in the change team in DEFRA. I was working and we were trans, was transforming HR team. And we, we took the change team away and we all did the psychometric. And I'll never forget, it was Victoria who was so fabulous. And, she's, and we were all saying, oh, this is really good, this is really good. And she said, yeah, well, of course it's good. It's, it's all it's doing is telling you what you've told it. <laughs> so of course it fits how you see yourself. Do you know? And it's like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And, and she that, just kind of pricked my bubble a little bit. The, I was like, oh. Well, <laughs> it, it, but the thing is, actually, therefore you know yourself. Yes. So I actually see that as a, as a real plus. Mm. And when, you know, I'm, I'm an accountant, so I will talk about terms of balance sheet, profit and loss and, and cash flow. I'd already picked that up, actually. That's Interesting you? Oh, there language, you go. Yeah. There you go. I just sort of threw it in. <laughs> but um, you, so you've got a balance sheet, so you now know who you are. Mm. If you've got a really good coach, and I use the term very carefully and mm. very narrowly, that coach can, if you want to, help you be better. Yeah. Because so, you now know who you are. When you, when you use that term narrowly, and what exactly do you mean? Because there are loads of coaches, aren't there? You're tripping over yeah, coaches? Yeah, I've of passed several coaches on the way down <laughs> on the end. Oh, oh. Boom, boom. Oh, yeah, ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, sadly, unfortunately, that's how people understand it. They don't have no understanding, really, of what the term coach in its purest form is. Mm -hmm. So that's why we call ourselves, if we ever have to call ourselves coaches, we call ourselves performance coaches because mm. it's all about performing being better than you were previously and creating the paradigm shift so that that difference stays. Yeah. And if you need to make it to change again, at least you've got a different platform to work from and you never slip back. Right. So it's about creating better habits. Yeah. But if you don't know what you've got as bad habits, then you'll just continue with the bad habits. It's that again it's that muscle memory or the the unconscious behavior yeah. that we always do. Um so, so where it so where it gets to is, is literally changing that habit. So to change the habit, you need to know where you're starting from. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no point in setting goals to say, "Oh, that's what I want." If you actually really have no idea where you're starting from, because mm. the goals look good, and you know you get you'll get people that, that in in the coaching world, the mentoring world, that will set these goals. But if you haven't got the willpower and what have you, nothing's going to happen. Indeed. So when, I use, when we use the word coach, we mm. use it very narrowly. Right. So the purpose of a coach is help you raise your awareness so you take action. Okay. I have no idea what you do or how you do it or when you do it or who you do it for. Mm -hmm. But if we can find out what that is, yeah. we can help you become very aware of where you are. So we can help you create the balance sheet knowing that some of it you don't really like. When you look in the mirror, you ignore the bits you don't like. Yep. And you just see the wonderful you. You know, I mean, I look in the mirror, I'd, I'd see an 18-year-old in a 58-year-old body. <laughs> That's quite a worrying <laughs> thought, really, when you come to it. Yeah let's, yeah, let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about what Paul's thinking, but or, there you go. Or what Paul sees uh, when he looks in the mirror. Yeah, well, we've got photos, Paul, so don't, uh, you know, and they're all over the internet and you can't lose them, mate, so you're tough. Um, so it, 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 it really is as simple as that. It's about helping people raise their awareness. So what sort of tools do you use with people then that allows them to, to have that awareness raised? Well, um, I talked previously about a programme. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, fundamentally, it tends to be workshops. Yeah. Um, if you're coaching, it's one-to-one, and that's mm. not really realistic because you can't see the person in action around no. their peers. So what works really well is um, a workshop where you've got a, di- a team dynamic mm-hmm. going on already, and... Each so, sorry, do you go in and observe then? Do you, do you give them specific tasks? We present and observe. So right. we'll, we'll literally start to peel the onion back and mm. introduce them to who they are. So um, the first thing is it's about our beliefs. So we, a lot of us don't ever challenge beliefs. Mm. What we see is our reality. Yeah, absolutely. Perception is truth and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Exactly. It, yeah, exactly. And, and um, recently I, I put something on, uh, on Twitter about what do you see? Because mm. if you... And it's a picture of a duck, but it could be a rabbit. Mm-hmm. So if you choose to put that duck in water and it's a rabbit, you just drowned it. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. Or if you put the duck in a meadow, it gets stranded because mm. it needs water. So it's the consequences of your choice. Right. And it's what you see. So are you, you need to make sure your reality is true. And that's the, we we will show people pictures of ducks and ducks rabbits. Ducks and rabbits. All right, yeah. but it's one picture, uh-huh. and they make a choice. And there are some quite sophisticated uh, techniques you can use here. But all we're doing is trying to jolt them mm-hmm. into a realization: is what you see is really not what's going what's on. What's going on? Yeah. Because if it was going on, you don't need us, because mm. you would have changed it already. Yeah. So it's that. It's that. Uh, it's, it's that investigate the reality. Mm-hmm. And then from the reality, okay, find out really who I am. Mm-hmm. And most people will say that if you, if you ask an audience of 100 people, and we've done this so often, you yeah. know, um, hands up if you're a can-do person. Everyone's hand goes up. Mm. Hands up if you're a can't-do person. You won't see a hand out there. Or a won't-do person. So we use very simple language. Mm. And by this, we're internalising but all of the process we do in the first instance is externalise. Mm. So who do you know as a can't-do person? What do they do? How do they How behave? Do they, yeah. How do they operate? What do they say to people? I was going to say, what language are they yeah. How do they sit? Mm. How do they interact with others? And whilst people are going through this, and this is, that would be live, you yeah. know, and they're going through it in teams, and, and as they're starting to write things down, they're still externalising. So we say, you know, so who do you think on EastEnders is a can't-do person? Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what we what, We try yeah. and r- get, raise their awareness, relate to their reality. Sure. So we've done a little bit of homework up front. Yeah. Um, and there are patterns you can pick up on mm. as well. Um, but what, we, what then happens is as they start to feedback, and feedback's a wonderful word, okay, we'll go, go to that a bit later if you like, but as they start to feedback to everybody else... Yeah, feedback has got A, B, C, D, E and F in it. Did you know that? The first six letters of the alphabet? Just thought I'd share that. Do you know what? I didn't know that. Oh, that's quite an interesting hey, fact. Hey, I've just, you're not up, hang on. I've just, I've just taught them something. You've learned something today. I've learned something. I don't know how useful it is, but <laughs> I've learned something. <laughs> Do you know the word facetious has got all the vowels in the correct order? Oh. Oh, so it has. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. See, growing up playing Trivial Pursuit, what can I say? Well, there you go. As again, I don't, know how, I, I don't know how useful that is, but oh, no. <laughs> it's information. <laughs> but that's actually quite interesting because all of the leadership development is all about giving people knowledge. Mm. But half it's the time, it's not particularly useful. No. You know, so stick it in an appendix. 
Mm. You know, let them read it if they're interested. Yeah, because for for me, it's always and when I was managing my teams and stuff in in my previous jobs, people would say to me, "Oh, we've done this, 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 this," and I would go, "That's great. So what? So what?" Do you know, it's like because it's a bit like, yeah, you've got that knowledge, but actually, is it useful? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to employ it? How are you going to actually use it to make a difference in whatever you're doing? Uh, and it's a bit like business plans. You know, if I hear days doing one, business plans. Business, one business advisor mention, oh, you need to do a business plan, I'll pick them up, string them up, <laughs> hang, draw and court them. And because what's the point? If you don't, if you can't put your plan strategy on one page if you mm. can't stand up in front of people and tell someone exactly what it is how it does and what's going to mean to everybody else mm. why does a 60 page document make it any better yeah unless you're looking for money unless you're looking for finance mm. it's not going to tell you anything you're yeah. just creating your own psychometric you know yeah and, it, and, it, and you know who you are anyway mm. so the, the key element here is you by externalizing people are very open I can get an opinion from, I mean, you can you just ask someone, what do you think about that person over there? Mm. They'll tell you, you know. If they know you really well, they'll really tell you. <laughs> okay? You will get the ins and outs, you know, things you probably never, ever want to hear. Okay, Indeed. But the point is, they will always tell you about someone else. And as they're going through it, they never think, oh, actually, I did that, mm. which is behavioural waste. Because you're not, you're typically, most people don't pick out the good things in others. They tend to pick out the bad things. And, and that's a term you've, you've already used, but you use quite a lot, behavioural waste. Yeah, well... That, so what, what does that actually mean? Well, that's, that's all behaviour that can usefully be or, or easily be avoided, which isn't, it, isn't helping the common, common goal. So having too many coffees during the day, you know, going for coffee breaks all the time, um, without a reason for the coffee break. So mm. if you go for a coffee break and you need, you need a break, you know, that's one thing. That isn't behavioural waste. But if you're just getting up because you're frustrated and you go back and you're still frustrated, but now you're high on coffee, <laughs> well, congratulations, you can be really high and frustrated and ultimately you can be really angry. Yeah. So that's a, that's a form of behavioural waste. And, and meetings. I mean, how many people, you know, go to a networking meeting and... They rush out the door. They can't remember why they're going, but they go there every week. Mm. And then they have to concoct a reason in the car for the next 20 minutes to uh, give someone else a reference or something. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. You know, if anyone really starts to listen to this, it will touch a lot of nerves. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. But the point is, without a, the purpose... A clear purpose. Why the hell are you going? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, when I when they trusted me to stand up in front of FSB members, I would turn around and say, "Well, thanks for coming, but if you don't know why you're here, I hope you enjoyed the sandwiches and um, leave." You know, yeah. because there's if you don't have a reason to be there, a real reason, mm. why are you there? Mm. You know, it's a bit like this little bit of knowledge. It's really use interesting, but is it useful? Yeah. So. What sort of, what clientele group do you mainly deal with now? Um, it's, it tends to be, um, I do a lot of work overseas. I was going to say, because you've, you've been in, is it India or Pakistan? Pakistan, or yeah. um, Middle East, Turkey. Um, we've got 
discussions are ongoing in African states. Mm. Uh, and that was, a, in some respects, that was a conscious choice. Yeah. Because um, you were missing all those lounges, weren't you? You wanted to get yeah, back was, into those yeah. airport lounges and <laughs> yeah. see those genetic pictures on those hot hotel walls again. I had my gold, ba gold badge <laughs> and I was going to use it yes. you know, before it ran out. Um, but we moved, over, we moved overseas um, quite by chance originally, mm. um, but then it's quite deliberate mm. because... W we're seen as offering something very different. Mm. So it's not the, the, the traditional leadership type courses or, um, you know, come on a 10-week course, one day a week, et cetera, et cetera, where I'm going to give you loads of knowledge and yep. loads of information and just on the chance some of it might mm. be of at, interest. At the end, you'll do an action plan. Yeah. And then it's a bit like, um, you know, you go on a one-day training course or a two-day mm. training course, you come away... You, you fill out the happy sheet. You know, was the presenter nice? Yeah. Was the food okay? Oh, yeah. Give that four out of five. You know, did what did you Listen, learn? I spent oh, half loads. my life processing that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. But it's level a happy sheet. Level one evaluation. Level one to the level two. Yes. And what impact did you ever get on three? Very little. Very little. Very little. Well, People couldn't even remember six months down the line having um, having actually been on the course. Well, as as as, as for, for those that are, don't understand, this is Kurt Patrick <laughs> Arena, is, yes. and uh, do you know what it works mm? uh, in the technical world? Yeah. But it doesn't work in the soft skill development. Mm. And even Kurt Patrick have said the catastrophic disconnect between learning and behaviour change. Mm. And guess what? They're still running their courses. Yeah. So this, this is a, uh, that was a paradigm shift for me and not being in the HR world and certainly not knowing about Kirkpatrick until mm. about 2009 and laughing my socks off when I found all, all the, uh, the evidence out there that says it doesn't work. Mm. Um, and yet things like investors and people and stuff are still kind of built around the, yeah. the levels of, well, the, the higher levels of Kirkpatrick. So the six-month evaluation and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. And, but anyone that's gone back and done a, a revaluation six months in, mm. behaviour's gone back to what it was, mm. typically. Mm. So the last thing you do with a sales team is send them on a sales course because it's an insult. Because they'll turn up and they'll think, well, why on earth am I here? I've heard all this before. So they shut down. But there might be some real snippet. This, this trainer at the front may be bringing something different to the world, you know, and the, the digital world is new to a lot of salespeople. Yeah. But they're not listening because they've shut down. shut down. I know about sales. I don't need to be here. It's actually quite interesting because a number of managers, because um, I've been involved in training on and off for most of my career, and a lot of managers say, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I've been on all the management training courses. And it's like, okay, that's, that's fine. How much have you do you actually put into use though? You know, you might have sat there and attended, but how has it actually changed what you do and how you do it? Very little. <laughs> well, that, I was waiting for the answer, you know. But the point is we're all the same. Yeah. The only thing that will change is when you come up against something you've not seen and you're determined to get it right. Mm. So you will, you will adapt and change. Mm. I mean, I'd, you know, when I had a proper job, I didn't know all about these technical terms. About, I mean, leadership was just a word at that mm. time. It's not what a word it is today. Engagement, my goodness, engagement, as far as I can concerned, was an engagement ring. <laughs> you know, yeah. now it means loads of different loads things. Of stuff, you know, yeah. I mean, even schools are talking about engaging their, you know, mm. learners. 
Yeah, in fact, we touched on this last week, didn't we, Paul? When um, when Joe was here, we talked about um, engagement and and mm. pupils and stuff because you were talking about that. Yep. No, absolutely. No. Uh, as someone that had a corporate life once before and went through all the uh, training programs and actually delivered quite a few, mm. I, I do empathise with what you're saying. It's for me in all the programs I ever attended as a delegate. I probably only ever picked up about three things that I found really useful. Um, and for all of that, it was useful to pick up those three things. What I wished is, because I'm an impatient type of person, is they cut all the fluff and just go, come on a course, and I'm only going to tell you one thing, mm. and bash, that that is it, off you go. Mm. Now go away and do it, and come back when you've done it, and we'll talk about another thing. Um, years ago, I was a Dale Carnegie instructor, and they had a they had a really interesting way of getting people to do the course. They would demonstrate to you that they could improve your memory in under a minute. And that demonstration, which was a doddle, yeah, people so latched onto that and they thought, if they can do that for that, they must be able to do things mm. for other things. And that's what signed people into coming to a program. Even if they thought they were good public speakers, they'd learned something there and then. And that was powerful and made them want to learn something else. But you're right. You, I, I used to do customer service training courses, and that's the worst thing in the world because everybody thinks they don't need that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's interesting. I mean, I, I love the Dale Carnegie approach. Mm. Um, but like anything else, it, it's an approach that will always work if you've got a can-do person. Because even if it doesn't work for them in the way you've shown it, they'll find they'll a way make to make work. it work. Yeah, they'll make it work somehow, yeah. You know, mm. so the phrase is, you know, well, I don't know how to do that, but I know many can. Mm. You know, you're always thinking, you've got that growth mindset, mm. you know. It's another term that's out there that people are using. Yeah. But what is a growth mindset is actually being open to everything and close to nothing. Mm. And even though you've done it that way in the past, well, can I do it any better? Mm. And, and if you think about simple analogy, you know, I say we use golf quite a lot. Yeah. Um, mainly because in the corporate world, lots of people play, play golf, golf and they can <laughs> see a, a quick improvement on a driving range. They can then see, we don't have to show them that actually we've just changed your behavior yeah. like this because mm. you, you didn't know how to play golf. You picked up a club. You didn't think you could hit it blindfold. And by the way, you've hit it further than the expert next to you, you know, and all of a sudden they feel good about it. Yeah. And we want to feel good. Mm. We don't go to work to fail. No, we don't. But we do. Yeah. Fail. That's the, the and, and this is the because we don't actually know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, it, that sounds ridiculous, really. No, but it's true, actually. Yeah. It is true. It is a truism. Mm. So when I say we, you know, we're now working overseas, is we're working overseas because they see something very different, and they love this term behavioural waste. And is it still corporates that you're working with overseas? No, no, it's actually right the way through. We're working with students, you know, universities, all the way through to... Um, in, in Pakistan, it's, a, it's an interesting marketplace because there's really not, not many corporates. Mm. Most of these are family-based right. companies. Uh, even the, some of the largest companies are family-based. They've come from the the family arena, so it's almost like nomadic type of arena. Yeah. And, and they make things work. And the nice thing about places like Pakistan is that the Chinese have got involved there and they're paying for, you know, multi-billion 
dollar highway right the way through the centre of Pakistan. Yeah. Which has uh, somewhat miffed the uh, Indians <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but I don't, you know, try not to get involved in the politics. Yeah. So the cultural stuff, the cultural environment within which you're working, you found that what you do is sufficiently robust to accommodate all that? Uh, yeah, because it fits, it fits their world. It, you're, what we're not trying to do is to say, um, what's your problem? Here's a solution. What we've got is a process. And part of that process has tools and um, that are relevant to the individuals. Yeah. So um, NLP has got thousands of tools. I mean, yeah. NLP isn't a method. It's not a process. It's a bunch of tools. Yeah. Some of those tools work. Some of the, those tools don't work. Um, some work for some people, and the same tools won't work for someone else. Yeah. So, so this is where it's about knowing the individual. You know, if you, um, if you don't like reading things but you like seeing um, movies, then what's the point of giving someone a book? Sure. Because all you're doing is is building them out to fail. Yeah, it's interesting. And also, I suppose if you've got a whole range of tools and it's as much about the individual experimenting with them and finding out what works for them, I suppose it goes back to Paul's point about finding the three things that you learn, because those three things yeah. might, might be different, may well be different for lots of different people. Yeah. And all, so and all so we what do, is it that's chiming? So, so all we do is literally we introduce people to a map Okay, we don't make a secret of this because it's the logo. Yeah. And, and once you understand that map for you, then you're in a great place. Mm-hmm. Because in times, we've, we've had people that come back after five or six years and um, they'll just say in, in passing, they'll, I'll say, how are you? And they'll say, you're mm-hmm. fine, da-da-da. And uh, I'll say, how are you getting on? And um, typically an answer like this will come. In times of difficulty, the map comes up and I find out where I am, mm. what direction I was going, and I change my direction. Now, let's strip that back. In times of difficulty, well, they don't need it when things are going great. Mm. So the, the unconscious competence, yep. you know, the great habits that they've developed are uh-huh. working. So when it, they're working, why do they need a constant reminder of, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, mm. because it's, it's just memory that we do all the time. Yeah. But in times of difficulty, so if you've got um, a difficult employee and they come in with a... Oh, we've all got some of them, haven't we? We've all dealt with some of them. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might even have been one myself. (laughs) And, 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 you know, the issue is that that difficult employee is going through um, a a problem. And a great manager or leader will empathise, not sympathise, but will empathise with that individual. Mm. If that manager or leader is really busy and needs to finish something... They will say, look, I'm, really, I'm a bit tied up at the moment. I'll be finished by three. Is that okay for you? Mm. So immediately you're asking them a question yeah. and getting them to recognise you're important. I can't deal with you now because this is a, you know, this has got to be out the door for whatever reason. Mm. You don't need to explain too much because people know you yeah. if they work with you. But is three o'clock okay? And if that person says... Well, no, it's not really convenient. We turn around and say, what time after three Yeah, it would work for you, yeah. yeah. So what would work for you? And Mm. immediately, you're not putting someone on the back foot, but you're actually saying, it's your choice. Yeah. You know, this Mm. is important to you. I want you to be prepared when you come back in to me. 
Yeah. It's okay. Paul is Paul's just, just slowly dismantling, dismantling the studio the around us. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, which is a form of behaviour waste. <laughs> well, yes. It's distracted us from the course. But um, so this is about you know relating relating to mm. people, and and the thing is, the majority of people have. I mean, is that is that particular circumstance been written in a book? Well, very probably. But if you want to read all the leadership books that are currently out there, yeah. I can tell you there are over 100,000 in circulation. And they're just the current ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah. you want to go back and see Drucker and, oh, yeah, and all Drucker. of the others. You like a bit of Drucker. Yeah, we all <laughs> like a bit of Drucker. <laughs> yeah, um, we have to be careful of what we say. I that, know, I know. Like, yep. But, oh, um, um, oh. No, it's okay. It's purple. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so um, if you were to read these 100,000 books, you know, by the time you've finished them, you've forgotten the first one. Yeah. Mm. I suspect you'd be quite old as well. Yeah. Do you know, you'd probably, you probably, have, you would. Would probably be quite yeah. old. It's really you'd funny. Be you'd develop, develop how to speed, speed read. read. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny you should say that, Neville. Uh, 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 somebody posted on Twitter this morning, oh, I've just got a book to read. And it's a book called uh, What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School by Mark McCormack. Now, I first read that in 1980. It's a good book. I, I first book. read that in no, 1982. And it's really funny how, you know, I've completely forgotten about it and mm. uh, it's suddenly come around again. Yeah. Right. Well, guess what, guys? Mm. We're out of time. Oh, what a shame. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's when amazing, how, now, it's amazing it how quickly an hour goes. So, Neville, fabulous. I love it. Thank you very much. I'm going to, we will talk afterwards. We will talk afterwards. Yeah, great. And I think you've got some stuff to show me as well. So, that would be really interesting. Um, this is going to be the last people platform until the autumn. We're having a summer recess, chaps. So um, enjoy the rest of your summer. Uh, thanks for listening, and I shall see you soon. The People Platform. Let's go, girls.
Mano. 